Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. I'm Matthew Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. It's Friday, so it is time for the Prop Pod. And joining me to break down 10 of our favorite player props on the board is Jeff Ulrich, a.k.a. The Fantasy Grind. Jeff, Thursday Night Football. Uh, I don't know why we even try at this point with these games. Uh, apparently, Joe Burrow had a wrist injury entering the game. Broadcasters knew about this injury, but it wasn't listed on the injury report. No local beat writers mentioned anything about it all week. And then Burrow left the game early with the wrist injury that looks like it could keep him sidelined for multiple games, maybe even the rest of the season. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this? Terrific. I mean, we spend all week, you know, just pile like all, all these bet, all of us as betters, we just trying to find like little edges, looking for information, scouring the internet. And this guy's wrist brace, which would, like you said, apparently everyone on the broadcast room new, but not one single better could figure this out. So yes. Awesome. Awesome. Start to the week. I mean, whatever. It, it's one of those things. This is why we, you don't go all in on one bet. I did like the Bengals. I did bet the Bengals last night. I think like you, so annoying from that perspective, I think we probably would have got the cover, but um, whatever. I mean, this happens like once a year with these weird things a couple times at least. So. Yeah, so we we move boldly into the future. Uh, at least the Keaton Mitchell under 36 and a half rushing yards prop hit for me, although uh, it felt yeah. like that at any point uh, was in danger of of uh, hitting the over there because uh, obviously like yes. he's a dynamic player, but uh, he's Joey Gallo, you know, like he will have a lot of negative rushing uh, attempts and then one really long one. So you just always have to be a little bit worried about that. All right. Let's get into it. We're each highlighting five player props we like for the week. A few notes, of course. You can find our props and lots of other bets in our free Fantasy Life Bet Tracker. You can check out our Discord. Again, that is free. We have the player projections along with official site projections in the Fantasy Life Projections tool. We have the Fantasy Life Prop tool, which allows you to compare our projections with the props across the market. And remember that lines and our projections do change as we get more news and approach kickoff. All right. Jeff, let's start with you. Tommy DeVito, the chosen one, over <laughs> over 161 and a half passing yards. Um, I don't know if I can blame you because this number is so low, but at the same time, it feels disgusting betting anything that has to do with the over on uh, you know Tommy DeVito, but that's probably uh, why there's, in theory, some value here. Yeah, and actually, I, I, I put in the wrong number. I actually found a 155 and a half, so... It's Ooh. actually over 155 and a half passing yards. So that's that's on me because I put it in the wrong one in the document. It's it's a little weird. There's some, there's a couple sites, like I got this at Unibet over minus 110 at 155, but then other sites have them at 161.5. Obviously, find the best number. I will say this. I would bet this over at 161.5. So regardless of whether you're getting 161.5, 155.5, I would still play this. It is. It's disgusting. It's so, it's so gross. And I can't believe I'm actually after hitting a Tommy DeVito over last week, I'm going back to playing another Tommy DeVito over. But this is really low. And here's the thing. There's a lot of weird quarterbacks on this slate. Like I looked at Dorian Thompson Robinson overs as well. I think his are really low. But the thing that I like about DeVito, he's probably not getting pulled. We talked about this last week, Matt, like there's the PJ Walker factor with DTR. There's no PJ Walker factor with Tommy DeVito. He's out there the whole game. And this Washington team is so bad at pass coverage. Tyrod Taylor, 289 yards on 29 pass attempts in week seven. I mean, th 
I think DeVito's going to have an okay passing day. I really do. I think he'll probably hit 200 yards. He had 175 yards against the Raiders in less than a game. I, I That was all garbage time. I get it. But at the same time, like the commanders, that's just their style. Their, their style of defense is garbage time. So I, I really do like this setup. Um, I think every quarterback against the commanders since week one has gone for over 220 passing yards. I think DeVito will will get there for us. Um, like I said, scour around, find the best number you can. But even at 161.5, I, I would go over here. I, I think he's going to play a whole game again. He's not going to be under pressure. This isn't Dallas. And I think he's going to get enough yards to go over this. All right. I mean, my projections are with you. I have this at 174.6. So I, I can't really say it just, it feels so disgusting, but I, again, that's probably why there's value here. And you're right. The, uh, the commanders aren't the fearsome pass defense, uh, that they have been in previous seasons. Uh, they're without their pass rushers. Oh boy. I mean, I can, I can see it. I can see it. I probably won't bet it, but well, you're can, smart then. So <laughs> I can, I can see it. Um, all right. What I am betting. And honestly, uh, I don't know if it's any better. It probably isn't. I, I was on it last week. I'm doing it again this week. Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown. And of course, like right when I get on this bandwagon, uh, the wheel falls off and he didn't get there last week, but I'm staying on the wagon for at least another week. And yeah, again, McCaffrey, didn't score a touchdown last week. Very disappointing. But a lot of that was due to just incredibly bad luck. 49ers scored 34 points and McCaffrey didn't find the end zone. Like, how is this possible? Well, the 49ers didn't run a play inside the 10-yard line until five minutes and 17 seconds into the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, just absolutely unreal. And that was at that point when backup quarterback Sam Darnold was already in the game. And actually, I said that incorrectly. At that point, there were only five minutes and 17 seconds left in the game. Um, and Sam Darnold was in. It was garbage time. And even then, the 49ers gave all of the opportunities to Christian McCaffrey. They ran four plays inside the 10-yard line. All of them went to McCaffrey. Like, he literally had 100% of the team's opportunities inside the 10-yard line last week. Like, with that kind of usage, results are going to uh, to happen. Like, we're going to get the touchdowns more often than not. 23 games with the 49ers since joining the team last year. He has scored 26 touchdowns. He scored in all but four of his 49ers games. That's an 82.6% hit rate. He leads the league with 38 red zone carries. He also has nine targets inside the 20 yard line at minus 220 odds. This has a 68.8% implied probability of hitting. I have the true odds at 72.3%. So I do see an edge here. And again, like I hate the, the touchdown markets just in general, like I really dislike them because the books put so much extra juice in this market that I normally don't find value here. But with Christian McCaffrey, like he is as close. I know it's stupid to say it after him not scoring last week, but he is as close to like a sure thing of scoring a touchdown as we can get in minus 220, in my opinion, is just too short given the usage and the production that we have seen with Christian McCaffrey in the past year. Oh boy. I, I got, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I hate this so much. That's that's fair. I, it's, it's, it's just like when it comes to touchdowns, I can't, I can't, I could never bring myself to bet a touchdown prop this short, but everything you say makes sense. Obviously like there's, he's, 
He scored in what, what? What? I don't even know how many games it was in a row. If I haven't been following, it was it's like seventeen. Seven. It was seventeen like, games in a row. Like that alone suggests that they're like this line should be like minus three fifty or something, right? So, yeah, I just um, touchdowns are just noisy, like you said. They're really tilting, um, but I, I like I, I don't know. I just I, I would not be able to pull the trigger on, especially two weeks in a row. But I I, I appreciate. I I think that going back to it says a lot about your mentality, which is strong because I would, I would have broken after last week and you're going back to it. That shows serious. I'm serious. Like I, I would not have been able to bring myself. I just wouldn't have watched the San Francisco game this week or something. So anyways, yeah. that, that'll be an interesting one to watch. But like you said, I, I think that really when you get down to the bare like analytics of it, it's, it's probably like you said, showing values. So if you are broken, uh, you can't really break anymore. And and that's, that's where I am. I just, I'm in a perpetual state of like broken numbness. Uh, and so even when I don't hit bets, it doesn't, it doesn't impact me the way that it, it probably should, if I were still fully human, to be honest. So, uh, we will see maybe, uh, that like lack of self-preservation is a negative, uh, in, in this instance. All right, Jeff, uh, the next bet that you have here, Jerome Ford over 11 and a half receiving yards. Uh, obviously no Deshaun Watson in this game. Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to start, but you know, if he doesn't do well, maybe we get PJ Walker in here either way. I don't know if that really impacts the way you would look at Jerome Ford, but what are your thoughts here with this bet? Yeah. So we we've gotten the two ugly ones out. This one's a little bit more straightforward. I, I really do like this one. I think that Jerome Ford, these numbers on him, especially in the receiving game, just aren't really giving him credit for what's going on. Like he's, He's playing almost all the snaps. I mean, he had a 60% estimated route rate last week. Um, last two games, actually. Kareem Hunt is basically nothing in the receiving game. He's taking short yardage work. He's taking relief work. Ford's on the field a ton. And the first game with DTR, Dwayne Thompson-Robinson, he targeted him um, six, actually six times. I wrote four times. It's actually six times. He had five catches um, in that first game against the Ravens. He's just an underrated back who's taking a lot of passing work. And I think he's he's a pretty solid all-around back. So I think if you had just like a like if this was if this was like Javante Williams or something in this spot, like I think his receiving yard here would be like 15, 16 and a half. But because it's Jerome Ford, it feels like we're getting a discount here. Um, and we have this projected for I think 13.8 as our as our aggregate projection. So it's a small edge, but it's a big enough one for me to take. I think when you look at Dorian Thompson Robinson, he's not going to be firing it downfield if he has to. I do think that there'll be plenty of dump offs in this game. And the Steelers, I mean, they're they're a good tackling team, but they have allowed. I I think it's it's something to the effect of I think actually they've allowed one running back to go for over twelve receiving yards in every game this year. So they they don't give up a ton of big plays, but they certainly allow plays to the to the running back out of the backfield. Uh, I like this one quite a bit. Ford's on the field a ton, which is just a big part of getting over here and we don't need an explosive play to get over 11.5. We just basically need a couple catches for positive yards. Um, this one really stuck out to me. And, um, I, I think Ford is just a little bit underrated right now in the market, um, for what he's doing on the field. So looking at the games since Nick Chubb's injury, so Chubb was injured in week two. And so from week two on Jerome Ford has gone over this in five of eight games. And it, it seems like it's actually been like a, a pretty big split where he's had uh, like 19 or more receiving yards 
when he's you know when he's hit like when he's actually been good and then he's mm-hmm. had like seven or fewer receiving yards in the games where he didn't go over this number you know so it's like if he's getting the targets then he has a pretty good chance of going over here um so yeah this one's interesting i have it at 14.3 so i'm i lean towards the over in this spot and yeah 11 and a half does feel like a pretty low number especially when the um the Steelers are dealing with multiple injuries at the linebacker position so you know like their normal coverage guys aren't right. in there um they're missing uh Holcomb Cole Holcomb they're missing Quan Alexander you know like those are two of the starters there. So like, it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's, it, this is an interesting I, one. Like I didn't good, even good look into the, I didn't even look into the injury report. I'm not going to lie on the Steelers. So that that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's I good, mean, good yeah. Those, anyways, for this prop for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those guys are on IR, so it's like they're, yeah. they're out for a while. Right. So like a, right. a pretty decent, decent spot there for Jerome Ford. I like that one. Uh, okay. Josh Allen over 0.5 interceptions. And I will say, this is like an instance where um, my projection doesn't match up with my bet. And part of that is like, you know, quote unquote, I know better uh, than my projection. But part of that also is like, I don't think that uh, I'm all that great at projecting interceptions um, because they're, they're very noisy, very random. And like, I know that I'm still working out like stuff with my interception projection. So I will just say like, I trust just sort of like the eyeball test of looking at like the history of what Josh Allen has done to this point in the year. He has thrown an interception in 80% of his contest this year. As I mean, everyone knows this, like it's been talked about on Twitter, but he has a league high 11 interceptions in 10 games. And if you just look at Josh Allen, the scope of his career, regardless of when you set the starting point, whether it's his 2018 rookie season or just this year, he leads the league in interceptions over that time frame. You know, whether you're starting 2018 to now, 2019 to now, to, like all the way up, he leads the league in interceptions. So this is just something that is like a core part of his game. He throws interceptions. And part of that is because like he's got this like natural gunslinger mentality. You have to take the bad with the good. And like, there is a lot of good with Josh Allen. Like I, I posted this on Twitter that if he had uh, an eight and two record, he would be the MVP front runner right now with the current stats he had. And people were like, yeah, but he doesn't have an eight and two records. Like, obviously I know that because I said, if he did. Um, and the thing is like, they've lost a number of games by a small margin. And like some of that margin would be like, if they just had a better defense, if he just had a better head coach, whatever it is, but like Josh Allen, uh, obviously, you know, he leads the league in interceptions, but he also leads the league in touchdowns. He's number two in composite EPA and completion percentage over expected, uh, expected. He's number four in, uh, ESPN's QBR. Like he's still like a very good quarterback. And I, I think people are kind of losing sight of that, but even with him being a good quarterback, he still throws a lot of interceptions. He's basically like the latter day Brett Favre at this point. And so given that we have seen him throw uh, interceptions in 80% of the games this year, and now he's going against one of the best pass defenses in the league in the jets. He threw three interceptions uh, against them in week one last year against that Robert Sala defense. He had two interceptions in two games. Like 
I feel this is a pretty decent bet. Minus 160 uh, at bet MGM to throw an interception. Uh, I, I like that. I just, I feel like every game, the odds are better than not that Josh Allen is throwing an interception. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a Josh Allen MVT um, thing, but like, I, I, I completely agree with you on the, on the interception thing. One thing people don't understand about interceptions, it's the difference between good interceptions and bad interceptions. Most of Josh Allen's interceptions act as punts or a lot of them do because they're just downfield and he's just taking shots. It's not a big deal when you throw a 40 yard pass and he gets intercepted because it's just like a punt. So Nick Foles is another guy who used to do that all the time. He used to take shots and then he'd throw more interceptions and people get mad. But um, yeah, I I mean, I I have no pushback here. It's the jets. They're probably, they're going to get a ball. I mean, it's like the the numbers come down, but I, I have I have a feeling that this one could just th- this is going to be a weekly thing, like almost until like almost like the the McCaffrey touchdown prop yes. at so, some yeah. point. And I, I think he's you know I don't see anything changing. Josh Allen's going to have to keep throwing the ball. the The Bills defense isn't good. Yeah, yeah, probably a good the, time. The Jets, the Jets, nine interceptions in nine games this year. All right, Jeff, uh, Jameer Gibbs over yeah. twenty four and a half receiving yards. Uh, I also have a bet I will talk about later on a, another Lions running back. But right. what do you like about Jameer Gibbs in this spot here? Yeah, sticking with the, the running back receiving yardage. Um, that was good to us last night with Mixon. Stuck with it with Ford here. Going to go to another one. But um, this is just a little bit about just Jameer Gibbs and what his role is right now with the Lions and also just about the matchup. But um, let's just talk about Jameer Gibbs just to start off. I mean, this is a player who we've, I mean, he's, he's there. He's obviously, you know, that, that one week where Montgomery was out, he took, you know, 86% of the snaps, but since then, and since Montgomery's come back, like the role has stayed very similar, 78% route rate, 74% route rate. And even last week, 64% route rate. He's running routes. He's, he's the passing down back. He's, he's getting usage and he's not necessarily had that much work cut into him with Montgomery. 58% of the snaps last week as well. I don't care that the carries are going down. I'm actually glad that they have. He took 45% of the carries versus 60% the week uh, prior against the Chargers. But the passing down work has stayed there. 10 targets, 5 targets, 5 targets. Um, Has gone well over this in three straight games. So Jameer Gibbs, running a ton of routes, extremely good receiver, and he's going up against the Bears, who really terrible at guarding running backs out of the backfield. Um, the most yards allowed to opposing running backs. And just when I looked at this game, I, I tried to figure out like, where, where is the edge here? Where, where do we go for the props? You know, like you look Chicago, I mean, you could you know, take over on fields or something. We don't have all the props out for them, for the running backs. And then on the, the Detroit side, Chicago's defense has been pretty good. They've been really stellar against the run. They've actually been pretty good with Jalen Johnson at limiting big plays, but Again, like I think that the Lions' big edge here is with Gibbs. I think he's going to have a really big game. I, I think that even looking at alternative lines, like 50, 50 plus receiving yards, um, this is the spot where I think the Lions are going to attack. So 24.5 receiving yards seems really low for a guy who's gone 30 plus in three straight games and is basically acting as a receiver every time he's on the field or most of the time he's on the field. We have this projected at 28.6. That's a big enough edge for me. I like going over Gibbs' uh, receiving yards. All right. Yeah. I mean, Gibbs uh, very much in the pass catching role there for the Lions and then David Montgomery in more of the running role. Uh, I will talk about him in a little bit. Now I'm going to talk about Saquon Barkley 
under 19 and a half carries. I got this at FanDuel minus 108. I have this projected at 16.7. And, uh, you know, this ties in with the DeVito prop uh, that you talked about earlier um, with the over on his passing yardage. The thesis here is pretty simple for me. Um, with DeVito, I think the Giants are unlikely to have a functional offense offense, which will make it harder for Barkley to, you know, get up to 20 carries in this game. Um, but even in a best of world scenario where the Giants actually are able to sustain drives, I think what that means is that we have DeVito throwing the ball because the Giants are significant underdogs on the road. Uh, we have them throwing the ball in a pass heavy game script and maybe Barkley is getting involved, but he's getting involved as more of a receiver than a runner. And that's the positive scenario. The negative scenario is that DeVito looks basically like he did last week. Um, the Giants had the ball for just 22 minutes and 39 seconds. They had only 172 yards of offense. They were zero of 12 on third down. I mean, just absolutely horrendous stuff. And Barkley had only 13 carries. And we could see something like that again, where this offense is just not to the standards of a modern day NFL offense. And if that's the case, I think it will be for Barkley to get over 19 and a half carries. So either way, I think Barkley will be challenged to get the opportunities he needs. Uh, you know, like just there might be a, a period in this game where it's like the third or the fourth quarter and Barkley's just not even on the field because like at that point, what's the point of having him out there when the game is out of hand? So taking the under on 19 and a half carries first take one. Barkley, Jeff, uh, any thoughts on Barkley? It's just a big number. I mean, 19 and like 20 carries. And like you said, for a team that's that big of an underdog, I mean, just, just the number alone just screams to me like this is a good underspot. So that's, yeah. that's about yeah. it. Like you said, giants are a disaster. So, all right, Michael Mayer over 17 and a half receiving yards. And I got to say, when I was looking at that Raiders game, uh, this was one that actually did catch my eye. I haven't bet it yet, but thinking about Mayer with the matchup, what do you like about him in this spot? Yeah, I mean, I, again, trying to always trying to jump on players, you know, before the breakout occurs. But um, you know, the, these young players who you know maybe just have a couple slow games um, get get reduced props. I mean, I bet Michael Mayer. I'm pretty sure I bet him at 22.5 receiving yards, like four weeks ago or something on like a primetime game. I can't even remember who they were playing at the point. I, th I think he caught one ball for like 19 yards. He's an explosive player. Like he, he, he can definitely, um, you know, hit this in like one go, which is really nice. I think anytime you get a prop on a player who's, who's on the field quite a bit and he can go over it on one play. Um, that's a positive. So, you know, we've got mayor 17.5 receiving yards. We haven't projected actually a aggregate projection on fantasy life of 27 yards. So, that's a really strong edge. This is actually projecting as one of the strongest edges of all the props I'm bringing up. But, you know, last week with Aiden O'Connell, only 19 yards, but five targets, three receptions. That's really positive. I mean, you've got a, a backup quarterback, obviously, who's now throwing to this guy. Um, you, you've got Michael Mayer, who, you know, has, has seen pretty solid usage. I mean, 60% route rate, 68% route rate. Um, the target share was 18%. I, and I think again, you like you look at the matchup with Miami. There, there's a lot of things that could that are just positive here for us. They now have two elite corners on the outside. They haven't really been great against guarding against tight ends. They've allowed some big games. Um, 11th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. 
That's positive. You've got the game script here, which could really help us. Raiders could be down 21 nothing by like the second quarter where it's just O'Connell dropping back and they're just the Miami defense is like, sure, throw to Michael Mayer for 10 yards like five times. Um, I, I think there's I think this is a really low total. And I, and I think Mayer is a guy the Raiders with their new coach. Like, why wouldn't they give this guy more targets? And I think it started last week. I just think we were lucky in the fact that we didn't have that big event. And his props are still really low. So really like this one quite a bit. It stuck out to me too. And I, I definitely bet it already. So all right. Since week five, uh, Mayer has just gotten way more playing time. And, you know, that is really when we saw the bump in overall usage. Since then, he's had at least two targets in every game. Um, he's averaged, let me see, 29.3 yards per game across that span. I've just projected at 25.6. And you're right that this is a little bit of a low point based on what we saw a month ago yep. where this number was 23 and a half. So yeah, a, a decent buy low spot for a guy who is still on the field a lot. Uh, last week, 88% of the snaps. The week before that, 88% of the snaps. Like he is pretty darn close to an every down player at this point and you know given how often he's on the field and a guy with you know a minimum of two targets uh in a game over the last six weeks this is a pretty low number so uh i like it i don't know if i'm going to join you with it in the bet tracker because uh, i mean how much michael mayer exposure do we really need in, in the bet tracker but i i do like this bet here uh okay david montgomery Talked about this earlier. I'm going over 49 and a half rushing yards. And I think that there is still room for both of us to hit our bets here uh, with the uh, with the Lions, where Jameer Gibbs has the locked in role as the receiving back. David Montgomery has the role as more the the lead back uh, as a rusher between the tackles. And hopefully we can both get there, even though one of these guys can really only be on the field at a time. I was projected at 55.7. My cutoff would be 51 and a half. The Lions are home favorites of more than a touchdown, so they could have a run-heavy game script, especially in the second half. That feels like the time when we could see Montgomery really just pile up the carries and the yards. And despite sharing uh, work with Jameer Gibbs, uh, Montgomery actually leads the league with 83 and a half rushing yards per game. Now, obviously there have been some games that he's missed due to injury, but on a per game basis, he is the league leader in rushing production. He exited week six early after just 18 snaps, but you look in the other five games that he played, he has at least 12 carries and 67 yards rushing in all of those games. And then plus this is the hashtag revenge game. Uh, for Montgomery against the Bears. And, you know, I, I don't know if that matters. It probably doesn't matter. I don't like take stuff like that into account, like when I'm creating projections. I think it's kind of a fun narrative point to talk about. Um, but I will say this, like, it doesn't hurt. Like, at a minimum, it doesn't hurt. It could only help. It's not like Montgomery is going to have a worse game because he's playing against his former team. And he might have a better game. Like, I I tend not to value this stuff, but, like, the players actually care about it. Like. It is stuff that players talk about. It's stuff that like coaches will actually talk about. They'll be like, yeah, you know, we know he's going against his former team. We wanted to get him the touchdown, like stuff like that. So to the extent that it actually might matter, like on the, on the periphery, um, I feel like there's maybe 
a smidgen of an edge there. Uh, again, I don't like factor that into my projections, but again, it doesn't hurt to have it as something there in the back pocket. So 49 and a half just feels like such a low number for a team that likes to run the ball and is favored at home by more than a touchdown. Uh, and you have the lead back who's gone over this number in every game he has started and finished. Uh, Jeff, any thoughts on Mon Montgomery? Uh, again, keeping in mind that this doesn't necessarily go against the Jameer Gibbs position, but uh, you know, we are a little bit on opposite sides of playing time here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I do. I, it's a low number for David Montgomery. Like even though the bears are a good rush defense, I mean, the lines are really good at running the ball and they have a really good offensive line. They're going to be able to get some yards here. Um, like you said about the narrative thing, I always go to, okay, even if the player doesn't care, sometimes the coach is just, just a couple extra snaps, like one or two extra carries. Yeah. The coaches know about this stuff. And Dan Campbell certainly as a player's coach knows. So yeah, I, I like it. I honestly think we're going to hit both of these. I think that the way Detroit is going to work their offense is going to be very running back focused here in the run, in the passing game and just in the, the straight up run because Chicago's just terrible. So um, I, I think that it makes sense to target the running backs on Detroit other than the receivers. I might take a little piece of Jamison Williams this week, but that's just a complete idiot play by me because I, I just can't help myself. But other than that, I think we're on the right track here with Detroit. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the thesis is Detroit is really good. They're at home. Yeah. In the dome where, you know, great offensive environment, they're favored by more than a touchdown. There's room within this offense for a lot of guys to get their production. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think I think there's a decent chance that we actually both get there. All right. Jordan Love uh, over yeah. 226 and a half passing yards. The Packers at home. Uh, you like Jordan Love in the spot. Uh, maybe you even love Jordan Love in the spot. What what is it that catches your eye here? Yeah, as I, as I mentioned off the, the top with that DeVito prop, there's a lot of low passing props that caught my eye this week. This one was probably my favorite. Um, a, a lot of this is just the matchup. Every, every single quarterback who's faced the Chargers this year, every single one has gone for 230 yards or more. That includes Aiden O'Connell in his first NFL start, Tyson Bajan in his second NFL start. Like this is a, just a really bad secondary and, you know, maybe they, they sack the ever loving hell out of Jordan love and like, he doesn't get there, but I'm willing to take the chance here. The 29th in yards per play against their 31st in yards per pass attempt against. Um, I think when you look at Jordan love too, like th this is the perfect prop to take him on the over. He's not been good in the red zone. He turned the ball over twice last week, but you know, be in the middle part of the field, in the meaty part of the field, he's actually been quite good of late. He airs it out. He's got a full complement of receivers now. Everyone's healthy. He's got Luke Musgrave against a really bad, you know, defending team in the middle. Christian Watson is still out there running go routes, getting cardio. He's got Jaden Reed now. Like uh, Aaron Jones is back, could break a 50-yarder for us. This seems like a really low total against the Chargers. And Jordan Love set a career-high 289 yards last week. I think he goes over this. Um, we have this projected. Um, actually, I'm not actually sure what these. I think it's 237 is our aggregate. It may have changed, but it's over 230. It's a good enough edge for me to take. This one's actually moved up a bit at a couple books, but the last I looked, it was still 226 at FanDuel at minus 114. Um, I put some ridiculous Christian Watson alternate lines in the bet tracker as well. 
And I think that something like that could hit this week. You know, it might not be Watson. It might be Musgrave. It probably will be with my luck. But I think that the one thing I can hang my hat on here, the one really sensible prop is to go over on Jordan Love. Um, I think that the, the Chargers are just, it's just the, the kind of defense. And Love, again, for all his faults, has been good at moving the ball lately. He he throws it downfield. And he's like I said, he's got that nice complement of the receivers that's probably going to get us there. So. All right, so I have this projected around 233. And as you mentioned, the Chargers have been terrible in pass defense. They're allowing an NFL high, let me see here, 315.7 passing yards to opposing quarterbacks per game. Um, yeah, absolute horrendous number, especially when you consider like the state of the NFL right now yeah. and how it's just not common for quarterbacks to be putting up a lot of yards. Uh, the The next highest team, is Tampa Bay allowing 285. So, I mean, there's a significant difference between the Chargers as the worst team and the Buccaneers as the second worst team in passing yards allowed to, to quarterbacks. So, I mean, that's like, you know, probably getting close to like a standard deviation worse. Uh, so we will, uh, we will see. This is an interesting one. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it. I might dig into this one a little bit more, but uh, I, I like I like it. Uh, I mean, this, this is, this is the spot. Like if not now, when, like when else would you be betting the over on, yeah. on Jordan love here? Exactly. All right. Uh, another quarterback who feels a little bit disgusting, um, but is actually, I think having a kind of bounce back here, Russell Wilson over one and a half passing touchdowns. I got this at plus plus one sixty at bet three sixty five. Uh, I would say like my cutoff for this is maybe plus one thirty. Um, I have this projected like right on the nose at one and a half. So basically a coin flip. I think plus odds there's value here. Uh, Sean Payton, the new head coach, um, under his what I would call like begrudging tutelage, Wilson has had a bounce back campaign. Last year he was number thirty in composite EPA and completion percentage over expectation. This year he's number nine. Um, you know he looks you know, just in terms of like the eyeball test, he looks much more like a competent quarterback this year than he did last year. And with this return to form, he's regained uh, his touch for touchdowns. Last year, he had only 16 touchdowns in 15 games, just absolutely a embarrassing number. Uh, he had over one and a half touchdowns just three times uh, in, in 15 games. So just 20% of the time this year, it has flipped quite a bit, 18 touchdowns, in nine games, he's gone over one and a half touchdowns in every game, but three. So he leads the league with 30 red zone pass attempts, and he's converted that into an NFL high 15 red zone touchdowns. So it's not as if it's, you know, total luck of him getting a whole bunch of long bombs uh, and something that's unsustainable. They are actually using him when they get close to the goal line in passing situations. So uh, I think that is something that makes this a little bit stickier. So again, I have this projected pretty much a coin flip. If I can get plus odds on it, I will be inclined to take it, even though it does feel a little bit disgusting with backing Russell Wilson. Uh, Jeff, any thoughts on this one? <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I kind of like it. I like those red zone stats. That's really interesting. I think Sean Payton too, like when you, when it comes down to it, he's still, a pretty solid offensive minded coach. I mean, he's good at dialing up those plays in the red zone. He's not afraid to kind of um, take a few chances. Um, 
you look at Minnesota, they don't allow a ton of rushing touchdowns. I think that's definitely in favor of this hitting. You know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, this is, this feels like a kind of prop that I, I would bring up a plus 160. I like it. Um, I like those odds. Um, it's definitely the kind of odds you want when you're, when you're looking at a prop like Russell Wilson. So I got to make up, not, I got to make up for the fact that earlier in the show, I talked about Josh Allen at minus 160 odds and uh, Christian McCaffrey at minus 220 odds. I had to, yeah, I had to balance it out. This is, yeah. yeah. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I had to balance it out in some way. All right. Uh, I'm feeling pretty decent about, about this slate yeah. here. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we've got a, a decent read on it. The, the past, the past six weeks for me, uh, I've been profitable on props each week. So hopefully yep. I can keep that going here. Um, and the bet tracker can stay green. That's, that's the overall goal here. We've, we've been good on props. I mean, if, if anything, you know, you look at the bet tracker and you should definitely check it out after you're done watching, uh, our props have been pretty solid. We got a big variety in there. I'll, I might even throw a couple extra touchdown props in uh, this afternoon. So look for those. I know Matt's got a couple in already. So if you're into those kind of things, but um, yeah, the, the props have been good for us. We're going to keep it rolling here. I, I like the spread we got this week. We're definitely branching out from the traditional props now, which is great to see. Yes, absolutely. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the betting life podcast brought to you by fantasy life. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends, join the discord, see all of our bets in the free fantasy life bet tracker. And by the way, it's not just NFL picks in there. We've got college football in there. We've got NBA in there. Jeff, I think you put some NHL picks in there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, we, we've got the plethora. So be sure to check that out and follow us on social media at the fantasy grind and Matt F the Oracle. Thank you. And see you again next episode.